Welcome to the Eden Ideal podcast. We believe that God's ideal purpose for humanity was to create a good and beautiful world filled with peace and equality, where everyone is treated with dignity and respect and we look out for one another. Unfortunately, this ideal isn't the reality we are living, around us and in our own personal lives. But we also believe that some of the keys to us creating this ideal world are plainly laid out for us in the teachings of Jesus and the general wisdom of God in the Bible. But we found that it's actually really hard to apply even some of the most basic of the teachings in a practical and consistent way. And sometimes it's even difficult to see how they would create a good world. So we're having open and honest conversations about these teachings, discussing the practicality of them, seeing if and how applying them will actually make things better and in the process hopefully get us closer to God's Eden ideal. I think think it's better to be aggressive at this point. It seems to me that it is both historically and sociologically true that privileged classes do not give up their privileges voluntarily uh, and uh, they do not give them up without strong resistance and all of the gains that uh, have been made uh, that uh, we have received in the area of civil rights have come about because the Negro stood up uh, courageously for these rights and he was willing to aggressively press on so I would think that it would be much better in the long run to stand up and uh, be aggressive uh, with understanding goodwill and uh, with a sense of discipline, yet these things should not uh, be substitutes for uh, pressing on. And with this aggressive uh, attitude, uh, I believe that we will bring the gains or other civil rights into being much sooner than uh, we would just standing idly by, waiting for these things to be given voluntarily. That was the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. In this, the second part of our podcast in support of the global Black Lives Matter movement, we spend some time unpacking the biblical ideal of justice and see how, much like Dr. King, Jesus and his disciples thought it was important to speak up and being active in bringing about positive change. In the second half of the discussion, we share suggestions on practical things we can all do in support of this movement as we always say we don't have all the answers and we're here to learn as well so please if you think there is anything crucial that we missed off do get in touch and let us know but for now enjoy the episode what do you think of biblical justice when i think about justice i just think like god rules in fairness he rules in equity he balances the scales Mm -hmm. like he Bible even says that vengeance is the laws that he always has a way of setting things right. So that's, that's the way Mm. I think of justice. Like people don't just get away with wrongdoing. Like God is always a consequence. Yeah. He'll, he'll sort Mm, them out. mm, mm. (laughs) And, and that's kind of the way um, in, in our modern society, we tend to think of the word justice. We think of, someone's done something or something's happened and is writing that wrong or or in some instances people paying for the consequences of what they've done so our justice system in our countries that's what it's based on Uh when someone's committed a crime or taken something from you or done something it's how how you know they pay for that thing yeah but 
You did a crime, you did um, a time. Yeah. 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 Mm. But um, biblically, um, this is what the Bible Project guys were saying in one of their podcasts. There's actually two ways to look at justice. There's the retributive justice, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you get retribution for something that you've done. And then there's restorative justice. So the restorative justice is where there is an e- inequality or something that isn't fair. And, and, you re- right, and you restore it to what it's... So it goes a step further. So if someone if someone um, oppresses me and, you know, persecutes me, there is one thing to kind of punish that person or give them what they have coming to them. But then there's yeah. another thing to make sure that you can then bring me back up from my oppressed state and back to where I was. That is what justice is. Um and nine nine out of ten times in the Bible, when we are talking about justice, it's about the second kind. It's about bringing people or anything that has historically been um, forgotten or left left to its own devices, bringing that back up to an equal footing. It's important to get that distinction because in society, when we think about it, it's nine out of ten times the other way around. We're thinking about justice you know like even with the black lives matter protests a lot of the time like people actually you know what i, I don't think that's true i think there is a lot of re- restorative mm-hmm. there's a big restorative right they want yeah a lot of things we want a lot of things to to change mm. and we want to be looked at as in we're equal because yeah. we haven't mm-hmm. been yeah. treated equal for a very long time. So it, it, that's a justice that needs to be restored to yeah. the right way. And, and that point about equality, I think is a useful thing to talk about next. I was having a discussion with um, someone about the Bible and their view about this Black Lives Matter thing. And they were saying, well, the the Bible kind of, in some instances, they said the Bible condones slavery and things like that, which justified in not they weren't saying this themselves but they were saying that's what the people who historically oppressed black people used to justify what they did people think that the bible kind of sets out some inequality and i just wanted to just completely completely refute that because on page one of the bible you know in in the first chapter of the bible when god says he creates man and woman in his image in his image, he created them. That yeah. That is like the biggest kind of Hail Mary for e- the equality across humanity. And not just, the, not just the equality, but the dignity and respect. Because that statement, the image of God, is not something that the Bible invented. This is something that existed in the ancient world, but it was referred to as to the kings. The, the ancient kings were usually the people that were seen as the image of the gods. So when the Bible says all human beings are the image of God, that means that all human beings deserve respect, dignity, deserve to be treated right. And we are all equal in the eyes of God. Mm. Yeah, I think just following on from that, even when we look at the New Testament, when Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then it goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that in itself shows mm-hmm. 
equality, equality because yeah. you can't love if you're supposed to love your neighbor as you love yourself you can't your love neighbor. yeah you, like do you get what i mean you you can't love them lesser than yourself and mm-hmm. still be in walking in god's commandment exactly um, so i think that's in itself is an argument for equality and it's such a strange one because the, something people find really difficult is actually the majority of the people on the other side of specifically because we're talking about race the majority of the people on the other side of this argument te- mm. are christians or mm. in quotation marks christians mm. and yeah. so a lot of people when you try and come at this conversation from a biblical like jesus cares they're thinking to themselves look around you the people that are perpetrating this hate are the people are the biggest loudest christians out there yeah. mm. and i think actually um was it the phone call that me and you were on tadayo this week that was talking about racism in the church i think mm-hmm. that was actually it was heartbreaking it was enlightening it was so many things it was all their emotions just to see that people are still experiencing such a mark yeah. of racism within the church as a structure, the people who are supposed to love each other. Mm-hmm. So it's really difficult for us, as you said, Tolu, to then go into the world and try and preach um, that there should be equality or we should love each other when the church in itself, we're not necessarily living what the Bible has told us to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard as well when some people like people think that this all started with the bible so it's difficult to kind of then have the it's not that it's difficult to have the conversation but people are already almost closed off to hearing things from the bible when some people believe that this comes because of the bible because obviously slavery started when um the i would say like the the is it okay to say the white people i don't know (laughs) (laughs) this is definitely staying in (laughs) (laughs) okay so when people believe that obviously white people brought the bible over to africa and that was what they used to enslave us and you know people a lot of people see this as being like the white man's religion and things like that and so it's kind of hard to now combat that when that's already the basis of the of the conversation it's hard to say well actually they used the bible for a way that was going to then you know was going to benefit them which is yeah. what which which is what it did in at the end of the day it did benefit them but it does not take away from the fact that the word is the word and the word is a good word and it was a beautiful word however they used it because obviously if if we go to what we've been saying which is that love your neighbor if you were loving your neighbor you wouldn't be you wouldn't be doing these bad things you would have never sl- enslaved all of the Africans that you then enslaved, people from Africa that you enslaved and took away on boats and you put them... Like, that's not loving your neighbour. So yeah. them behaving in that does not negate the fact that the Bible is preaching love, you know? Anyone can take a word and say it in a different way, but if you're looking at it factually, this is what it says. It literally says, love your neighbour. 
You know, it says mm. God made true, us all true, equally. True. It says all of these things. We should not even attest this to being something that is owned by Westerners. It, they don't own the word. They don't own Christianity, you know. Because um, Western white people brought the Bible to Africa predominantly, people tend to think of Christianity as a white man's religion. Mm. And I was just, mm. when I was speaking to Tadio, I was just explaining that the Bible and Christianity predates Western civilization as we know it. The mm. the text in the Bible, we, we have like archaeological findings that show that these texts were written long before um, mm. the Bible. It was written by Jewish people who, mm. by the way, themselves were also persecuted by you know nazi germany western white people so i just don't i just think it's it's incorrect to take something that is also victim to the same kind of abuse that we've been victim to and then saying that that thing then belongs to the oppressor i think it's about liberating that thing an analogy i gave when i was speaking to tadia was like at for instance, the the Westerners, when they come, they came and they brought education or Western education, at least. And they were teaching things like biology. But in some of their education, they would teach that, you know, black people are from the apes and are animals and white people are something different. Now, we know that that's incorrect. We know that that was a manipulation. That was a lie for their own purposes. That doesn't mean throw away biology. Do you know what I mean? Because that mm. doesn't belong to them. That doesn't mean mm, mm, throw mm. away that knowledge. Let's mm. let's let's actually claim it back and and get to the to, to the real stuff because it's such a shame because this can liberate us. This can free us. This can free your heart. This can free your thinking if you use it instead mm. of instead of because of someone else's wrongdoing, then thinking mm. that the, the the source itself is corrupt, but. I think the rest of this segment of the conversation, I really want to show what the Bible has to say about these things mm. so we can break down some of the misconceptions. Um, one of the ways that the... I, I'm going to keep talking about Bible Project guys. I hope you don't get sued by them because I just... They're my source. They're my source. I just love everything they do. The way they broke it down is biblical justice is making other people's problems your problems. Righteousness is being willing to be disadvantaged for the sake of your community, whereas wickedness is being willing to disadvantage the community for your own sake. Mm. And, and and that word righteousness is always paired with justice in the bible it's always mm. justice and righteousness so i wanted us to just just look at a, a couple of scriptures that just show what god intends for justice can you read the proverbs 31 8 to 9 one it says speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the right of all who are destitute speak up and judge fairly defend the rights of the poor and needy i think that's just it he just says it directly mm. there yeah. speak up mm. and this is the thing what this is something that challenged me when i was looking when this whole situation started it's not good enough to just 
care for them. It's not good enough to just, you know, step in and do something after the fact. We need to speak up when we see injustices. And then I reflect mm-hmm. on how Jesus lived his life. He was not quiet. He was not. He was very outspoken about injustices that he saw. So I think this started to challenge me and that there's other scriptures. There's one in Jeremiah 22, 3, which says, this is what the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. So it's just littered all over the Bible. This is one of the core central themes of God. Mm. In fact, when the children of Israel were initially given the Torah, the reason God said he'd given it to them was so that they would be an example to the nations. They would Mm. be an example of justice and righteousness so that people would look at them and and see that, wow, this is a different kind of people. So, and that's the exact same for us. When people look at us, people need to be seeing that we are we are doing something differently. That's why when Jesus said, you are a light on a hill, he didn't just mm. mean that. He meant you need to make yourself visible. You need to mm. make yourself heard for for other people's benefit. I think mm-hmm. we sometimes take that scripture and we, we kind of think about, oh, we just need to be kind of morally good people and, you know, live a holy life. And somehow people will see that. But I'm just starting to see in a different light. It's actually... Mm going out there and being active in bringing the goodness to people's lives and speaking up for people and righting the wrongs that you see around you. Yeah. And that's why, just following on from what you're saying, Tolly, that's why silence is agreement. Because the Bible clearly says it's using doing words, verbs, speak up, Mm -hmm. do what is just and right. Like if you're not Mm. actively doing something, the people that are very silent in this time, that are seeing everything that's happening, they're watching the news, they're seeing everyone's posts on Insta or they're hearing the conversations and you're silent, that's a problem as well because silence Mm. is agreement. If you cannot speak up against the injustice, speak up against wrongdoing, do something to tell the oppressor that you're not in support of the oppression, then you've already chosen your side and that's mm. that's something that I think people need to understand as well. It's not enough to just say, well, I don't know too much about this or I don't want to comment on um, political issues like, you know, my company <laughs> responded. That in itself is a problem. <laughs> and yeah. the truth mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. the truth is this might cost you. Yes. Like doing yeah, this might cost you. And I think yeah. this is what Jesus showed in his life the most. He showed that, actually him coming and speaking up for all of us actually cost him the most. And if you then look at all of his teachings and all of the disciples' teachings, that's why they emphasize endurance, perseverance, because they know Mm. that going forward, if you're actually doing what you're meant to be doing, you're going to be facing a lot of opposition. That doesn't mean don't do it. That's a given. That's a given. You are going to do this and you have to just be patient and endure and fight through. So I think that's that's one. I was speaking to one of my friends and he was saying on a conversation like this, as much empowerment that we try and give black people or ethnic minorities, 
you need to also speak to the other side because they need to be willing to be disempowered. Like there mm. is there is no way this happens if the people that are that are privileged or have certain opportunities aren't willing to share that, aren't willing to love, yeah. aren't willing yeah. to love yeah. and to give. True. So yeah. I, I think as, as Christians, it's not just about speaking up or being active. It's also about giving creating mm. opportunities for others, you know, making other people's lives better, even if it means your life is diminished. That is the whole theme of self-sacrifice that Jesus Christ came to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so just wanted to touch on the, 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 the way we do things, because there is the one of the thing that a lot of people are, um, when you see the protests that turn a little bit violent everyone's getting all in arms about the looting and then there's this tension uh, as christians how do we walk because obviously we're we're all for this you know we're all for making all of this noise but there is a difference in the way you would make the noise um rachel could you just read micah 6 8 for us um it says he has told you oh man what is good And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and walk humbly with your God? So this is the prophet summarizing the whole Torah in his in his view, the same way Jesus boiled it down to love your God and love your neighbor as yourself. This is Micah boiling it all down to do justice, love kindness and walk humbly with God. And Mm. I think this is a really good scripture to to summarize how our response should be so do justice yes speak up fight for the right resist but do it with love and kindness and do it with humility because we know Mm. the history of the world is every revolution there's ever been every kind of every kind of regime that has risen up to defeat a corrupt regime over time has inevitably become that corrupt regime themselves you know And that's consistent. Even people are saying like America, you know, it was seen as the land of the free. But look at what's coming out of it now. All of this oppression that is being seen in the land of the free, you know. So and I think that's just a human thing. I'm not calling out America or any other. I I don't think even we are above that. But that's why the prophet Micah here says, remember, when you are trying to uphold justice, you can't you can't forget love and kindness It has to be at the forefront and you have to do it with humility and humility there is saying you're not doing it because you're better than anyone else. You're not doing it because you think you know something that other people don't know It's that you are just walking humbly and trying to serve. So I think if you have those, if you have that humility and your motive is just to love both the victim and the oppressor, then I, I think that would help you to be able to actually execute justice in a righteous way, if that makes sense. Mm. How do we how do we relate that back to how people are responding uh, in America specifically with all the riots and the looting? Because um, it's easy to say, do justice and love with kindness and act in humility, but when you're when you've been pressed and pressed and pressed mm. and your back is against the wall sometimes yeah. a human instinctive response just comes out so mm. in that moment mm-hmm. how do you 
how do you apply that scripture in that moment where, and I'm not condoning the violence. I'm not condoning um, theft. I'm not condoning burning down police precincts. But what I'm saying is I understand the reaction because I completely there was an understand action it too. that yeah, 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 100% that reaction. Yeah. So how yeah. do you yeah. talk so to that I think person? Let's use, let's, let's use Jesus as the example. This is the, a debate Tadio and I were having a couple of weeks back when I said you have to respond in love. And I think people misinterpret what how you love. They think it's just this, you know, soft, <laughs> you know, wrapping your arms around them. Actually, love can be very hard. Love can be very disciplined. Um, if we look at Jesus, um, the example I like to use is when he when he came into the temple and he saw people abusing the temple and they were selling yeah. and cheating and conning people and he disrupted it. He he turned yeah. things he over. He he flipped the tables. He made a he made a lot of noise in that situation. So mm. I don't think I don't think approaching something with love means you don't challenge people in, and and mm. cause some disruption. I think you yeah. can cause some disruption without like harming people or damaging them. Mm. Vote with your money. You can protest yeah. if yeah. like you could mm-hmm. literally te- if there is a corporation or something. And I see a lot of people doing this that you, you just stop giving them your money. They will hear you. They will feel it. Yeah. it it's a very yeah. loud form of protest. Hit them where it hurts. Hit them yeah. where it hurts. Wherever it hurts is in their pockets. The money. So yeah. I'm yes. not I'm yeah. not saying, you know, let's not do it. Nothing. But, you know, I think there's other Protesting ways to. Exactly. There's ways to make mm. yourself heard. There's ways to really sh- show, I think I call it righteous anger. There's ways to display that without sinning. Because in Ephesians mm. 4, Ephesians 4, 26 to 27, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let yeah. the sun go down on your anger and give mm. no opportunity to the devil. It didn't say don't be angry. And I find that really mm. interesting. It says you can be angry. There is a place for yeah. righteous anger, but just don't oh, let it 100%. turn into don't let it turn well, into stealing sin. is a sin. Don't let exactly don't yeah, let it exactly. don't let it give yeah. don't let it give the the devil the opportunity to then make you fall into your natural instincts and we know our mm. natural instincts already you know mm. we know our natural instincts are not necessarily to always do what's right that's why we're that's why we're here that's why we're trying to uphold this eden ideal but let's not confuse that with then that means we don't do anything because i think jesus is specifically expecting us to make sure that this thing is heard and we do something even at our own detriment even mm. if it means we give up give our lives for it this is how the jesus movement was started with this kind of uh, protesting and noise. If you actually read the book of Acts, you see that wherever Mm. the apostle Paul went and he was preaching the good news, which is equality, which is, you know, that everyone has value and that people don't have status over the other sets of people. It did cause this. He always caused the ruckus. I was looking at some scriptures um, in Acts seventeen six to seven, where they took them. They took. Um, they dragged Jason, who was hiding the Christians in front of the authorities, um, and then the accusation they they levied at them was: these men who have upset the world have come here also. So, mm. and I just thought that's such a powerful, like. This is what they were attributing to Christians in the early day. They were the people that were turning the world upside down. 
They were the mm. people that were confronting the world for all all the wrongdoings and all the things you know. You read it; it's not these people weren't going out there trying to you know uh, you know upend democracy or like you know do bad stuff. They were just telling the truth. They were just do, going out and and speaking up for love and equality. And you can see the responses. These people are turning the world upside down. And I think that's 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 something that's been lost. In fact, people think of the church as turning the world upside down in the wrong direction. They want to keep the status quo. It seems so much. Mm-hmm. We want to keep mm-hmm. things the way they are, and we don't mm-hmm. want to challenge. We don't want to challenge when things are going wrong. We don't mm-hmm. want yeah, to speak afraid. up. Mm-hmm. We're afraid. We're afraid. We're, we're seem like we to be very passive. People. Yeah. Be politically yeah. correct. We don't want to shake to yeah, we yeah. want to be politically correct when actually as you said back then they weren't politically co- like they would have been mm. considered as not being politically correct. Yeah. Everything that they would have been saying was like completely out of out of the way that people would be would were behaving at that point. If we do think about it like that, that's actually a really interesting way of thinking about it because they were shaking the tables just by yeah. saying that, just by being that, exactly. just by spreading the word. Yeah, so I've been reinvigorated because of my Christianity. I think there is an Eden ideal around justice that Jesus is desperate for his followers to uphold. So I, I think that's something that we need to take forward um, and practically talk about so in the next segment of the conversation i wanted to talk about okay so what can we actually do how can we actually as christians who want to you know uphold justice but do it in a in a loving way by the real definition of love in a loving and peaceful way actually make real change in 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 our world around us I was going to say on the point of education, I think it's really important for us as adults who are established in our careers now to go back um, into schools Um, or speak to people within our community to encourage them. Because Mm. um, for me, anyway, when I was in sixth form, I was told, actually, maybe you shouldn't study that. Maybe you should go and study this. That might be more suited to you. And I thought that was just a one-off thing. But actually talking and listening to podcasts, there have been so many black women who, who were told when they were in school actually, mm, maybe don't apply for medicine. Maybe, you know, I don't think you can quite become a doctor. Maybe you should do this. But actually, how encouraging would it have been for me to see um, a black woman as a doctor? That would have been Mm. absolutely encouraging for me then, or like physicists or engineers Mm. or lawyers. So I think it's important that we do actually make young people aware that you are more than capable of this since you've mm-hmm. since you've taken mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. into the general bucket of education do you guys know the guys from asap science on on youtube no uh, they do these science yeah. sound bites and they also have a, a podcast side note podcast and they were just talking about the science the science community and how there is such a 
lack of diversity in the science mm. community and in 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 the modern world whenever there's any arguments or debates we always try and like go back to what does the science say what do the facts say and they 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 were kind of saying but scientists themselves lack such a massive perspective because that there is such little diversity in in the science mm. community and whatever you think even when you're trying to be objective in science you are still bringing your own um preconceptions or thoughts or even the thing that you, you think understand. the yeah. thing that you think is important to research is dictated by your environment so your environment yeah yeah so like even things like in um medicine and the um the racial difference in medicine simple things like dermatology like if you read a dermatology book you'd be lucky to find one black picture in there so it makes it very mm. difficult in things like that to know what this life-threatening rash looks like in a black person compared mm. to like a white person yeah. so yeah. it's so important mm. to get to get black people ethnic minorities mm. into the sciences yeah i completely agree with you even like with history um you know, schools nowadays, they typically have a Black History Month that focuses on, mm. you know, Black history. I think they should make that a Black history all year round, you know, put yeah. it into the curriculum so that people are constantly yes. learning about Black history and not just mm-hmm. about slavery and colonialism, Absolutely. but also about like the Black entrepreneurs um, yes. the black people the that really that did created. things yeah that, that, that were engineers and scientists that we never learn about yeah. in history but these were black people yeah and mm. like just on the point of um that been made about actually including pe- uh, entrepreneurs like black entrepreneurs in the in history i think as well as teaching about slavery teaching about everything that happened it's so important to actually humanize black people in our education to remind people Mm, that we are actually very smart we have achieved a lot especially in mainstream education because it'd be so devastating if we were to just teach about slavery Mm. but then not teach about clap 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 yeah 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 oh my god rachel that makes so much sense because obviously if kids are only ever learning oh you were slaves, mm. then in the school environment, the only thing that, that, that kind of shapes what they're saying and how they're mm-hmm. treating their, their fellow classmates. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. now I think the practical action is one, everyone just has a responsibility to go and educate themselves Two, yes. educate educate the the other people around you, you know, the other people outside of your community. And three They should go and educate themselves <laughs> as well. Tadio, this isn't the Sorry. this isn't the fight segment. This segment is It's not fight. This segment it's is okay. Fight. Wait, Tadio, this segment this, this segment <laughs> I get it. Guys, I get it. I'm just saying this segment uh-uh. is okay, we want to uphold the eating ideal. <laughs> For those of us who want to do something, this is what you can do. That's what we're talking no, to. But, Let's... But yeah, me, if you want to I... do something, go and research. You two yeah. go and do your research. I... Don't rely on us to <laughs> tell yeah. you what it is. Uh... It's true. No, uh... what she's saying is true. Because yeah. for so long, people have relied on the black people need to now educate the white people on our struggle and our oppression. But even that in mm. itself is traumatic. Like sometimes you go on Google and just find out. Just find out. <laughs> but I, okay, no, fair I, enough. I understand that makes what sense. you're saying because it's not always the burden of the black people 
to now yeah. help you understand. Sometimes we we just like we're tired already. So <laughs> honestly, okay. But yeah, right. why I, do I, I have to be the one to open up the conversation? You open up the conversation. You can you can ask me. So what has been your experiences? Like yeah. I know that this is the conversation oh, that has been going on. Tony, this is this is us educating some people. I hear you. I, I know hear you. that Carry this on. has. Go on. Do your thing. Do your thing. You know. You tell you this is okay for those listening right now. This is another way that you can help yourselves as well. If you know any person that is black, maybe take an interest in their experience. Yeah. Ask them yeah. what has your experience been. I know this has been the conversation that has been happening right now. Please, like I, I'm not aware. Can you like? Like, tell me, like, what, like, what has your experience been? Have take an interest in yes. how I have felt at work. Take mm-hmm. an interest in how I have felt going into shop, feeling like I, I must buy something just to prove that I had a right to even be there in the first mm-hmm. place. Take yes. an interest in that stuff. That's another thing. So education on us educating ourselves, but you two educate yourself as well and take an interest in <laughs> the struggles that we have been going through. Okay, yes, yes, well said, well said. <laughs> you can speak now, Tolly. <laughs> well said. Um, the final thing on this bucket was just also the industries that we go into as black people. Maybe mm. as someone of a African descent, you know, like I was always this doctor, engineer or lawyer. And literally I studied medical physics at university my mom told some people I was an engineer still, you know, like <laughs> we, we need to we need to actually fight against that because because like I looked at the That's statistics, funny. I looked at the statistics of the number in some schools, the proportion of black students compared to the proportion of black teachers. And it was like 80 percent on one end and 20 percent on the other end. And your teachers mm. literally shape your perspective. So I think we need mm. to encourage more mm. black people to consider other mm. types of professions. Consider going mm-hmm. and doing science. You know, I like I think there's a stereotype that, you know, if you go and do anything like biomedical sciences, blah, blah, blah you're like a failed doctor. I think we need to quash yeah. that. Like, look at COVID-19 that's no, happening absolutely. right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. The people getting us All through the it are the scientists yeah. and whatnot. Let's come get on, some more brilliant black people in those <laughs> in those spheres because maybe someone would have flagged that COVID might have affected BAME communities. Now everyone's all surprised. Like, oh, whoop-de-doo. Mm. Like, no, everything's not been affecting us negatively all this time. If we have more people thinking in that way. So it's not just that the tech community. I was listening to some YouTube. Mm-hmm. that i follow that's also very underrepresented politics mm-hmm. at all level programming Absolutely. so i just think we need mm-hmm. to also encourage our younger and ourselves to start learning all these other things and going into these other professions that actually shape shape the world shape our children's yeah. minds yeah. etc the, the next bucket i was going to talk about was representation in general um a few people that I've been looking at have been just talking about this as one of the things that we need to do as a community, like becoming a magistrate. You know, if you have parents who've retired or who have more time, they should go and become magistrates so that they can actually improve the criminal justice system from inside. And it wouldn't be such a targeted 
at black people or ethnic minorities, becoming school governors. You know, it's actually not that hard to become a school governor. You don't even need to have a kid to become a school governor. Oh. Yeah, you, you just have to... Really? You, you could just, I mean, you just have to demonstrate that, you know, you're a decent person and you have the right values and that you care about your community. Is it a place that is open for, for us to be... You know, because it's, it's nice to say, yeah, we should be magistrates and stuff. How open is that space and how open is a space for school governors and stuff is it is it well i think i think what the theme that we found is in all spaces in this world black people always have a tougher time getting into everything but let's fight our way to get in that's the point the point is let's make sure we get into these things let's get into the political conversations not just at the top but i'm not gonna lie i do not get involved in my like my local council politics at all i don't get involved Mm. in any of that because you know why am I getting involved? But now I know that I should. <laughs> I have to, you know, because your local, your count, your it's local important. government, they're the ones that actually affect day to day life in your community. They're the ones that actually hold the budgets for the youth centers. They're the ones that hold the budgets for, you know, schools and all these other things. So we mm. need to actually start taking more of an interest and not just taking an interest, getting involved ourselves. Killer Mike is, you know, the rapper and activist. Y'all don't know Killer Mike? What? I know Killer Mike. I do okay. Know Anyways, Killer Mike. I, I, he, he, he makes he makes a lot of sense. Uh, he was on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and he was just saying like the advice that he gives white people when he goes to colleges and speaks to them is find a person that is that has been marginalized that doesn't look like you different race different religion don't like yes don't don't give them gifts don't give them he said sneakers because he's american i don't know are white people going (laughs) around giving kids sneakers like (laughs) but it says don't do those things maybe i don't know they are just like a token thing to make you feel better instead Mm. yeah like men oh no they do do that they go to like the um, some like schools and stuff. Maybe they do. Yeah, yeah, they do do things like that. But he, he no, when they like donate sneakers to a school to a basketball team. Okay, but what he in, was in saying, city, things like what that. he was saying was actually go in. If you actually care about this thing and you actually want to empower black people, go in there mental like identify an individual or so, it doesn't even have to be a kid or a young person there might be someone in your community or someone around your neighborhood that you know. Go and actually teach them the path that you were taught, you know, the things, mm. the, the access that they might not have had to the knowledge and information that made you such a mogul in the financial services or that made you know exactly how to get to where you are, go and mentor them mm. and actually help them. And his point was, you will not only be helping that other human being and giving them an opportunity, but you yourself will be learning empathy for someone else and someone else's circumstances. And it's everything else that you were saying, Tadio. You're actually putting yourself in someone else's life. It's 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 less mm. about what you're going to do for that person and it's more about what it can do for you. So I think that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of people... 
of course, this obviously goes to us black people as well that have privileges and opportunities that others might not have. We need to be doing the same. But I think it's a good message for anyone outside of the community that's thinking of how can they actually help. You know, there's something that you could do. Any other thoughts? I think another thing is that it's a lot. A lot of it is also is equity, not mm. so much equality. Mm. I don't know if people have seen mm. the image of there's three people. There's a fence that is um, there's a fence. There's a fence. One person is tall enough to see over it. The other person is kind of tall enough to see over it. The other person can't see anything. So that picture says that equality is giving each of them a the the same size um box, stand box stool stand to stand on the same size size box to stand on but equity is allowing for the person who cannot see to have the box that is the highest box yeah. the person who can only see a little bit to have a box that will allow them to see and then you and then the person who can see obviously doesn't need a box because mm. they can see but mm. you're meeting people where they are and you're helping them to get to a point where everybody is on the same playing field. So mm. it's not, oh, just give us this. And no one's asking for a handout. We're just asking for the same opportunities, for the same, yeah. you know, like same don't look at point. my colour, see everything. Yeah. It's the same, exactly, yeah. the same starting point. Yeah. That is what we're asking for. But it's not, yeah. oh, just give me. No one wants a handout. It is literally, please, we just want the same starting point. We just want the same starting point. Everyone should actually be taking this back to their workplaces. And I know some of you mm -hmm. have already done done that. So can you just, in 30 seconds, just share what you did in your workplace to try and take this agenda forward? I raised it at a meeting. I was very uncomfortable when I did, but I did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to hear what, what their stance <laughs> on it was. Um, to summarise, they were like, we don't comment on political issues which again is part of the problem because it's not a political issue. Um, um, but they they did say I can put my own opinion on the internet page, which I did and has been seen by like over a hundred people in the, in the organization now. And then subsequently- Has anyone commented on it? Yes. So the CFO, who's like the second in the command of the whole company, commented and he was like, thank you for raising this issue, Bim. It's important to highlight that racism is not mm. accepted and it's not in line with our company mm. values. So he actually did make a point to reply to my post and many people have wow. liked his response as well. Um, so I think that's one of the wow. ways that just raising it in your workplaces, if your workplace mm. hasn't spoken about it, address that like why haven't you spoken about it this is a very topical issue everyone knows it's happened like what is the company's stance what are you um what yeah it, it can open up a conversation and I think that's that's what it did like it provoked thought it mm -hmm. got people thinking about it it opened up a conversation mm. and also um people that are you know white people you can use this as an opportunity to learn about black people's experiences like reach out mm. to your black colleagues and like Tadea was saying like ask how they're doing because yeah. it's actually very taxing on our emotions but we're still expected mm -hmm. to show up to work and perform as mm. per usual so I think people mm -hmm. should be mindful of just the trauma and the emotions that a lot of black people are experiencing in this time and acknowledge that check in with your black colleagues um, yeah. so I definitely say raise it um, check in with your black colleagues and if there's like um, some sort of uh, employee forum 
or company forum. Maybe you can put out a post or like just just get people talking about it. I think that's the main thing. Get people talking about it so they can start to check their racial biases if they have mm-hmm. any. Um, and so that, yeah, it provokes thought. And, and I way. think if you are in a position where you can change the system at your work, and maybe change some of your policies, change some of your recruitment strategies, because there are some real tangible things that we can do to affect some of the imbalances. At my workplace, at the lowest levels of the organisation, the diversity is very high because those are kind of frontline roles. But then as soon as you start going higher, higher up up in the organisation, it dwindles down into almost nothing. So I think... There are some systematic things that I'm actually I've I've taken on on board with myself and I've got my managers to actually set it as one of my objectives for the year to engage with our director of diversity and inclusion to actually see how we can really make some real efforts to turn things around, change the system that of operation how we recruit people how we do interviews how we go and advertise for jobs for different people the type of conditions we set for different roles that mean that different types of communities don't apply for jobs a lot of the thing that you see is when people make it to a certain level they kind of just like oh i've made it and i'm going to be here i'm going to be visible but i think when you are at that level when you become a ceo or a director or just a, a manager you it means you actually have the opportunity to actually make changes to the system so mm-hmm. i would also encourage yeah. people to to try and do that as well i think that having unconscious bias training is something that would be really good in workplaces like you know if you're able to 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 try and get that to be had at your workplace um that would be good every single company needs to have that training because it's a it's it's a thing. People really don't know that th- these are the things that they are feeling and having at work, and people just are silent. the The final mm. bucket, the final bucket is what do we think the church should do? Um, f- for hmm. f- me, <laughs> no, but for me, I actually because I actually like I said like it's the church. The church is the standing army for the Eden ideal. You know, like if if the church was really trying to do live out this Eden ideal, we could accomplish so much. You know, there's there's millions yeah. of us. There's millions of us out there, and I and I it's a, it's a lit. It's sometimes a little bit disappointing to think that mm-hmm. how silent the church is about some of these things or how inactive we we church leaders are not just the church leaders obviously the church followers but i do think that the church leaders have a responsibility to be upholding mm-hmm. these ideals and really championing some of these causes i i think we need to we all need to go back and make sure that these conversations are had even if they if they if if they haven't already been i think we should be raising these things in our church communities mm-hmm. with our church leadership i think as a church we really should be pushing these agendas forward the church isn't just a place for people to come to on sunday the church mm. is a place where we meet and we plot we plan we strategize we organize mm-hmm. and we mobilize you know I stole that from Killer Mike, by the way. I, I didn't just, I didn't just, I didn't just reel that out. But yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that the church as a, 
as a unit needs mm-hmm. to be more just championing some stuff like that's yes. the, you know that's the reason that i mm. i felt we needed to start this eden ideal because there was just a lack of movement or action at least from my church um, and i don't mean my church specifically but like just my church community and i just think we need to <laughs> we need to turn that we need to turn that around i'll edit that out so, so, that, so that pastor doesn't get angry at us <laughs> It's I don't not know. angry. Why? Because I was already anyway. Sorry, I was. It's the truth. I was upset last week. Sorry, but I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I feel like with this particular topic, um, it's the same thing as yes, we can have the conversations. Yes, we can empower each other. But the whole church as a whole, as a body of Christ, mm. black churches, white churches, white churches. Asian churches, yeah. it's a topic that everyone needs to be discussing. It's yeah. not yes. just enough for our church to talk about it and to try and empower each other because yes. really and truly there's only so much we can achieve alone. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. just, yeah. just, to, just add need to come to that, together. Yeah. I think um, the church's response should not be silent like churches Mm -hmm, should be mm -hmm. active especially in this season they should be Mm -hmm. active and I like that word you use Tolly they should mobilize now is the time more than ever for a church to show its strength for Mm -hmm. a church to Mm -hmm. show what it stands for for a church to show people its values um and I'm not gonna lie I have been personally disappointed by you know, some of the responses of, of churches. It's like mm-hmm. to seem politically correct. They didn't mm-hmm. want to directly head on address what happened. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is a problem because you're yep. failing to acknowledge the struggle and the experience um, and the oppression of a certain community of your churches. And I watched yeah. this, um, I watched this response uh, video by Carl Lentz and T.D. Jakes. It was uh, Mm. amazing. Like, it it was literally what we needed to hear. And I liked something that Mm. T.D. Jakes said. He said that um, uh, your church members take heat to come to your church. They defend you. They fight for Mm. you. They don't allow people Mm. to speak out against you. Like, they take heat to come and be a member, an active member of your church. So as a leader... Mm. They expect you to do the same when they're in heat. They're expecting you mm-hmm. to do the same when they're being oppressed, when they're being attacked. And if you're not, it just, it just, it doesn't sit well. And it doesn't show mm-hmm. that you're really there for the struggle. Like you're, mm-hmm. that you're really there in times, like in their low seasons and not just mm-hmm. their high seasons. So I, I definitely think that um, church leaders, especially, need to be vocal in this. Like they need to come out. And say, you know, what's wrong is wrong. And it's not about politics. It's not about religion even. It's it's, it's a human, cri- like a human de- in, um, indecency the, that the, happened. The thing that confuses me is a lot of churches don't want to rock the boat or they don't want to like make things awkward for their their members. Or they're some of the members about about re- retaining or but that's my exactly yeah. that's my point yeah. but if you have so, yeah. a much. member in your church that doesn't think that black lives matter Honestly, you're you're yeah. doing a disservice to them if you're not challenging the status of their heart you're you're not doing yeah. your job 
the your job there is to help build them and encourage them to live exactly. according to God's principles. And if you have mm-hmm. people that do not see it as their responsibility as followers of Christ to champion this mm-hmm. cause, then you're not doing what God wants you to do in that moment. I'm sorry. I just think what is the, what is the church? What is the church? And to be honest, I feel like, unfortunately, as we've said, the church is on the, at the moment, from my perspective, the church is on the wrong side of this argument, um, not even argument of, of what is happening right now. Um, and there's a scripture in the Bible, I'm paraphrasing, correct me if I'm wrong, um, where it says that if you won't praise me, I will raise stones up to praise me. Mm. And like for me in this situation, it's like if the church will not do the will of God, God is Honestly. so is more than capable of raising whoever it is to do God's will. And it'd be such a shame if as a church we are not on the right side of this. Mm. We are not doing God's will. And that's what it really seems like it's happening right now. Mm. And I think the church absolutely really needs to look inwards and really challenge themselves to to actually fulfill God's will mm. yeah. in, in this very moment, because we're yeah. not at the moment. And it's it's technically unbelievers, it's people who are outside of the church who are championing this at the moment. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, that's just not a good case. look at all, man. It's really it's not. It's just not it's a terrible. good look. It's terrible. I just I just want to read a scripture that I um that I was. Um, meditating on today it's in Amos 5 from verses 21 to 24 and it's the message translation and it says I can't stand your religious meetings I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions I want nothing to do with your religion projects your pretentious slogans and goals I'm sick of your fundraising schemes your public relations and image making I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music when was the last time you sang to me do you know what I want I want justice oceans of it i want fairness rivers of it that's what i want that's all i want that's in the bible boom boom right there right there i mean that 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 message version makes it seem like it's not from the bible (laughs) because (laughs) chapter five yes yes, but this is exactly what we're living yeah exactly what we're living like so many Mm. people are are so caught up in religion when it actually comes down yeah, to the wire absolutely. where it's time to take a stand. This is what he cares you're not about. Doing anything? Yes. Yeah. That is what Christ did when he was here. Yeah. Like yeah. he tore apart religion. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, we hope you found that useful. We'll be back next week, continuing our truthfulness series. So one of the practical tips that Eden Ideal wants to put to you today is take part in the um, movement on the 7th of July where everyone is not meant to spend any money unless it's a black-owned business. This is one of the ways that we're supporting the Black Lives Movement and we just want to make a point that although we're doing this for one day, we want it to become more of a lifestyle for people to support black businesses, black communities. So where you can source out those businesses, source out those um, products that are black owned and, and support with your money because money speaks. So us as the Eden Ideal people, we're going to support that and we hope you guys can join in on that too.